Open your Bibles tonight to James, the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 2. We're in uh, a little mini-series. I don't know how long we're going to do it for our Wednesday nights on the subject of faith and patience. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different or diverse temptations. I wonder, can we really do that? You know, when temptations come, if it felt like joy, you wouldn't have to count it all joy. Pausing for effect. Joy is strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The depression of the devil is your weakness. So what do we do with depression? We resist depression. We don't buy into depression, even though sometimes we may feel that way. We don't live by what we feel. We resist those things that do not come to give life into our lives. So, if he says that we can count it all joy, we can do this. How can we do it? Well, it's because of verse 3. Knowing this, you've got some inside information. Knowing this, thank God we've got inside information inside the B-I-B-L-E. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I like to say it like this, that the trying of your faith employeth patience. So there is the power of patience. You know, oftentimes, uh, especially in the 70s and the 80s, there were a lot of seminars around. Really before local churches started really taking off. Now that the local churches have taken off all over the United States... You can find churches like ours in every city, and sometimes two or three of them. Good, solid Bible-believing churches teaching the Word of God. Uh, but before that, you know, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of emphasis. There was prosperity seminars. And man, that was one of our favorites. Because everybody wants to come and learn how to prosper. And then, of course, there were healing seminars. And there's a lot of ill people out there. And everybody wants to be well, right? So people would flock to healing services and to miracle services. And then there were faith seminars. And faith is the victory that overcometh the world. And we want victory, right? We want to overcome the world. And so people would flock to the faith seminars. But what if you had a patience seminar? Or how about a holiness seminar? I don't know. Patience is kind of like when you teach on it, people kind of look down and say, yeah, I know we need it. But what are we going to do about that? Can we get it now? Well, the question I have is why should we be interested in patience? Well, look at verse 4. Verse 4. But... Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When you're wanting nothing, that's shalom. That's nothing missing, and that's nothing broken. And patience plays an important part in you and I, Coming into the land of no lack and wanting nothing. It really is, I think, more of a major key to receiving from the Lord than people really understand. 
Now we know that faith and patience go together and that patience is a constant companion with faith. Last week we defined one definition for patience would be cheerful endurance. Everyone say cheerful. Cheerful. Endurance. That ties in with counting it all joy. Cheerfully enduring. The NIV says because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, produces patience. It is not enough just to trust God. We must trust God and believe God until. Amen? Now look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11 if you would. And then we'll look at uh, verse 11 first and stop there a moment. And then we'll look at uh, verse 12. Hebrews the 6th chapter. Thank you Lord for utterance tonight. All right, I'm going to let my eyes rest on it for myself. Hebrews, what did I say, chapter 6? Verse 11, he says, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto what? Unto the end. So what verse 11 is saying is this, there's no quitting that we're going to go all the way. We're going to finish, and we are to complete, and we are going to receive the end of our faith. Now notice verse 12. Ready, read it, please. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So he's saying here, don't be lazy. Can't be a lazy Christian and receive the end of your faith. Can't be slothful. Can't be a sluggard. Amen? But we are to follow those who through faith and patience have already inherited the promises. And we're going to look at one tonight. How many of you know that it's easier to quit than to be diligent? It's easier to be lazy than to be diligent. But my God is a rewarder of those that will diligently seek Him. Diligently apply their faith. Diligently employ patience. So faith has a traveling buddy. Amen? Faith and patience. Now, looking up the word patience and perseverance and so forth in the Old Testament, let me give you, throw a few more definitions at you. This will help you out. One definition for patience in the Old Testament is long. Long. It also is to, means to bind together or held together. So what I'm asking you tonight is, can you keep it together for a long time? <laughs> you can if you're going to operate and function in patience. Okay. Now the New Testament word for patience along with cheerful endurance, means abiding under, to be long-tempered or long-spirited. Try that one on for size. Long-tempered and long-spirited. It makes me think of Ephesians 6, having done all 
To stand. Stand therefore. Amen. Now let's look it over Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Hebrews the 12th chapter. Second verse. We're going to keep driving home this point tonight. Hebrews chapter 12. Actually verse 1 made a mistake there. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed with about, about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Does anybody have kinfolk in heaven? Yeah. Does anybody have any friends in heaven? Yeah. That's part of that great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. Glory to God. Don't you know they're cheering us on? Yes, I know Mabel's up there cheering me on right now. I know Mother Pauline got delivered from her trick knee, and she's dancing down the streets of glory right now. Woo, glory to God. Got Mabel, got Mother Pauline. Amen. Who is Emil's wife's name? Lily. How many of you remember Lily? Oh, man. I mean to tell you some gold there. And they're up in glory. Cheering you on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. They know it won't be long. It won't be long. It won't be long. Amen. Cloud of witnesses. So he goes on to say, so then let us lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us. Weights slow us down, right, in our race. And sin can stop us in our race. So he says, lay those things aside. And let us, all of us, Pastor Mark included, let us run with what? Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So this race that we are in is not a sprint. Not a sprint. This race that we are in is a marathon. How many of you are in it for the long haul? I said, how many of you are in it for the long haul? So if you're going to be in this for the long haul, here's what you got to do. You got to settle in to a faith pace. You got to settle in to a faith pace. And settle in to a patience pace. Okay. Now, you've seen the Olympics before, and you see those runners. I mean, 100 yard dash. I mean, the choom. I mean, they are like road runners, right? Yeah. They're going for it. But then. If you watch the Boston Marathon or maybe, you know, Beta Bridge, you look at some of these marathons, you notice that they are setting a pace. In other words, they're not giving it all they got at the start because they know that a marathon is how many miles? 26? About 26 miles. 26 miles is a long way. Now, when I was younger, I might have run seven or eight, but not regularly. I mean, 26 miles is a long way. So what they do is they settle in to a good pace, into a good stride. And they keep pacing themselves and pacing themselves. 
The object is not necessarily to be in front. The object is to finish the race. Amen? And every one of you have a race. And there's no way that we can run this race and win the race that God has designated for us if we get in somebody else's lane, if we're trying to beat everybody, if we're trying to get out ahead of everybody and burning out a quarter way through the race. Say, I'm settling in. To a faith pace into a patience pace. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We're believing God. We're standing on the rock. Hallelujah. Well, I ain't seen nothing happen lately. Yeah, just hold on. Just hang in there. Glory to God, because it won't be long before your faith turns to sight. Whoo, glory to God. Everyone say, hold on. Hold on, because it won't be long till your faith turns to sight. Hold on, hold on, because in a little while, it'll be all right. <laughs> Woo! I like to shout the victory on that one. Hey, hold on, be strong, don't quit. Stay fit. Settle into a faith pace. See, believers enter into rest. It is not the rest of inactivity. It is the rest while we are doing our activities. Amen. Okay. So we're in it for the long haul, right? We're cheerfully enduring the passage of time. Now look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10 again. Look with me at verse 35 and 36. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Verse 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence. The the word of the Lord came forward tonight for somebody for confidence, right? Confidence. You got to wake up tomorrow morning, look in the mirror and say, I'm confident in Him. Amen. Which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. Yes, we do. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The message says, don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promise completion. Amen. Now, how many of you are familiar with the parable, the sower sows the word? It is a wonderful parable. The subject of the sower sows the word is the word. The word of God is the seed. I want to look at a few things from Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. And we'll see some things here that are extremely important as we have settled into this faith and patience pace in the marathon of life that we are in. In Luke chapter 8, verse 5, he says, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, he fell by the wayside. So that was one type of ground, was it not? Wayside ground. And it was trodden down, and the falls of the air devoured it up. And some fell upon a rock. That's another kind of ground. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns. That's another type of ground. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground. Everyone say good ground. 
and sprang up and bare fruit and hundred. And he had said these things. He cried, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9, and his disciple asked him, what does this parable be? And he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Everyone say it with me. The seed seed is the word of God. God. These are they by the wayside that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear receive the word with joy. They heard it. They received it with joy. But because they had no root and it was shallow soil... With rock underneath, they only endured for a while and got weary and quit. They were not able to endure. How many of you got to make it through the whole season? Sunny season, rainy season, tough season. These guys, they received the word with joy. They had no root, which believed for a while in a time of temptation fell away. What is it that assures that we be wanting nothing? It's faith and patience. Now notice in verse 15. Read it with me. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with what? So we see four different types of hearts, right? How many of these grounds got results? One. Three out of four got no results. Out of a hundred people, that means about 25 will get results. 25 out of a hundred. Where are you going to be? 25 out of a hundred are good ground. And they got 60. Some got 30. And others got a hundredfold. Let's be that good ground. And you can be that good ground. What makes you and I good ground? Well, they on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, they're honest, having heard the word, come on now, they keep it. And they bring forth fruit with patience. I mean, they keep it. The word keep there means they do it. They're, I mean, they, they see a promise. They hear a promise. They're like a spiritual bulldog. That's mine. I ain't letting go. Murder is here in the world. That's my verse. Amen. Not talking about being ugly with people, but just dogged determination. <laughs> Lay hold of that. Bring forth fruit with patience. Some 30, some 60. How about 100? And now I'll go over to Luke 21, verse 19. The devil is a liar. He is a defeated foe. And if you let him, he'll fool with your mind night and day. That's why you've got to learn to cast down imaginations. 
That's why you've got to plead the blood and take the name and take the word and keep your sword sharp and keep that turkey on the run. Don't sit there and think the thoughts of the devil. Think the thoughts of God. Amen. Notice in Luke 21, 19. Read this with me, would you please? He says, in your patience, in your holding long, in your long-spirited, in your cheerful endurance, you will possess your soul. In other words, what this is saying is this will hold you together. How many of you know your soul will try to fall out on you? Your mind will try to fall out on you. But in your patience, you possess your soul. Anybody ever heard, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working? You know what that is? It's a sure sign that it is working. It is working. It is working. Why would the devil bug you so much about something that's not working? Why? Because he's afraid that when you start getting manifestations that you're going to get so strong in God that you'll not back off of anything. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. We're going through a lot of scriptures tonight. Romans 4, 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Everyone say all the seed. seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but also that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. How many of you know you're cut from the same vein of faith that Abraham is? We're cut from the same shaft, the same vein. Glory to God. You know, the gold diggers, what they would do is they would look for a vein. And what that vein would do, it would produce gold. I'm cut, and you're cut out of the same faith that Abraham had. He's the father of faith. Woo, glory to God. And this isn't weak stuff. This is strong stuff. Hallelujah. Verse 17, as it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. Before him may be believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. You know, when God made a promise to Abraham, the Bible says he couldn't swear by anyone greater, so he swore by himself. And he said repeatedly to Abraham, he says, surely I will, in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I'm going to multiply thee. And the Bible says that so after Abraham patiently endured, he obtained the promises. How many of you know that it looked like it would never happen for him? But thank God he got a miracle. So let's look at this faith of Abraham just for a few moments tonight before we close. And let's ask ourselves, how did Abraham believe? How did he believe? What qualified Abraham to be the father of many nations? We know that Abraham obtained the promise because he patiently endured. But let's study it out a little bit. Look at Genesis chapter 12. And notice with me in verses 1 through 4. Are you cold? I think some people are. How did he believe? No, it's okay. We're good. How many of you are cold in here? 
Not cold. Yes, no, okay. All right. How did he believe? How did he believe? Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. How many of you know that faith cannot be separated from what God said? Abram had a word. True Bible faith begins by hearing. Either hearing the word or hearing the spirit of God. Amen? And so he said, now, get out. Get out of your country. Get away from your family. And when you get out, I'm going to show you where to go. Verse 2. He said, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be, what? And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed. I'm glad Abraham didn't sit around and rationalize and try to figure it out, sometimes like we do. No, thank God Abraham departed, because he got a word from God. As the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Everyone say Abraham was 75 years old. So time is passing. Time is passing. We see in Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 and 15, right on through verse 17, it says, And the Lord said to Abraham, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. For all the land which you see to thee I will give, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, so shall thy seed also be numbered. He said, now what I want you to do is I want you to rise, walk through the land, and the length of it, and the breadth of it. For I will give it unto you. How many of you know that we serve a God that talks about things that haven't happened yet? We serve a God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. He quickens body parts. He quickens marriages. He quickens finances. Look at your neighbor and say, He quickens the dead. But what I want you to see now is time is passing. Time is passing. Now go over to Genesis chapter 15 and more time passes. Genesis 15 in verse 1. Look at this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. The Amplified says, I am your shield and I'm your abundant compensation. Amen. You know, when he's your reward and he's your abundant compensation, you don't have to worry about payday. Paydays are coming. Amen. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. What are you going to give me? You're talking about me having a son? My wife Sarah is barren. What are you going to give me? He couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. Now this was temporary. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought forth abroad and said, Look now, 
heaven toward this, tell the stars, if you're able to number them, and he said to them, so shall thy seed be. So he's reminding Abraham. And Abraham's soul is being possessed. Temporarily it went tilt. (laughs) You'll find that in this walk of faith, you'll have some temporary tilts. You'll have some mucho options to waver. That's a tilt. Amen? So if you're tilting and if you're wavering, don't get down on yourself. Just get back stable. Just go outside if you got to. That's what Abraham did. He had to take him outside. I remind you, look at here, look at there. It's yours. And so Abraham possessed his soul. And notice verse 6. This is interesting. And he said, and he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Everyone say this. Time Time. tries trust. So year after year. Year after year. Now go to Genesis 16. Notice with me in verse 1. This is interesting. You know, it's easy to try to take the manifestations into our own hands sometimes and try to figure out how God's going to do something. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children, but she had a handmaid. An Egyptian. And what was her name? So here's Sarah's plan to help God out. We're going to help God out here. See Hagar, Abram, she's yours. Go into her. And that's how it'll happen. Notice verse 2. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid. It may be. Ladies and gentlemen, watch out for the it may be's. Watch out for the it may be. Watch out for the realm of reasoning. Watch out for trying to help God out. She said, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened. He took his eyes off the stars and put them on the maid. So he went in unto her, had sexual relations with her, and there was a child born. But it wasn't the promised child. The child that was born was not Isaac, but the child that was born was Ishmael. Does anybody know what Ishmael is a type of? Ishmael is a type of the flesh. Of trying to work out the plan of God according to the reasoning of man and according to fleshly measures. Ishmael was not the child of promise. And Ishmael's descendants today are still raising a lot of hell. Absolutely. But it may be. You know, it may be if I do this or if I say that, 
then someone will do this or do that. You've got to watch out for that stuff. Trust is of the heart. It's not of the head. It's not of the reasoning. Trust is not manipulating other people. Trust is not assuming God's plan. Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So, <laughs> didn't happen, did it? So what did Abraham have to do? Abraham has to do what we got to do. And what I do all the time. Whenever I get off course, I make adjustments. I'm not talking about going into another maid now. I'm not talking about having relationships outside of marriage. I'm talking about whenever I tilt, whenever I waver, I know down here that I'm doing it. And so I get a hold of myself. I say, Mark, get back. Single-minded. A double-minded man is unstable, not in some of his ways, but a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you want your life to fall apart, stay in the tilt mode. But if you want to be steadfast, cheerfully and confidently expecting God to do great things, just stay in the single-eye mode. Single-minded, eyes on Him, letting God be God. Amen. Amen? Amen? So Abraham, he had to make some adjustments. Don't be foolish and think that you've arrived. Don't be foolish and think that this message is too simple for you. Be honest. You see, we read this, didn't we, PT? They, they are they on the good ground with an open and honest heart. You've got to be honest with yourself to know where you are at. Amen? Amen. Be willing to make adjustments. Abraham did it. He's the father of faith, and we can do it. And then Genesis chapter 17. Time is passing. Everyone say, time is passing. When time passes, that's when you need to be in that faith and patience pace. Because time will pass. You know, it just seemed like yesterday that Brenda and I came to California, but it wasn't yesterday. It was 32 years ago. I'm hoping I have 32 more. Do you ever notice the older you get, your perception of time changes? You get more like God. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. <laughs> Think about it. Twenty-five years it took for Isaac to be born. If listen, if one day is as a thousand years, what's twenty-five years like since Saturday? <laughs> but the younger you are, the more you want things to speed up and happen. The older you are, 
you like them just kind of slow down just a little bit. <laughs> Isn't that right? What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is live one day at a time. Enjoy life. Enjoy your relationship. Savor it. Love your brothers. Love your sisters. Don't get burnt out. Live life to its full. That's the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live. Amen? So in Genesis 17. So, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine. How many mathematicians we got here? (laughs) 99 minus 75 is almost 25. 25 years later. And people say, I've been believing God for a week, Pastor. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. In a little while, everything's going to be all right. It won't be long before your faith turns to sight. But put the rattle away now. Gird up the loins of your mind. Show some character. Show some integrity. Get that armor on. And smile at your future. Amen? All right. So he's 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be father of many nations. And then he says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made thee and I will make thee exceeding fruitful and I will make nations come out of thee and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and thy seed after thee in their generations. Come on. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I say right now, let God be God. God be God in my life. God be God in this church. Let God be God in the Bay Area. Woo, glory to God. Let God be God. Every man a liar. Every devil a liar. Let God be true. Amen? Time, look at your neighbor and say, time's a-passing. What's, what's 25 years? We need to relax. We need to believe and rest. Hey, Saturday's coming. It's Wednesday. If Saturday's your payday in the natural, Saturday's coming. Rejoice. He is your abundant compensation. Settle in. Settle down. Get into your pace. Now, we don't have time to go into this in depth. But you know the first thing that Sarah did? When she heard that she was going to have a son, she laughed. She laughed. Look at Genesis 21. It was kind of the laugh of, huh, me, ha, ha, ha. But Genesis 21, 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord said unto Sarah as he had spoken, 
for Sarah did what? Conceived. And bare Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him. What was his name? Isaac. You know what the word Isaac means? The word Isaac means laughter. Laughter. Joy. Count it all joy. Joy. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old. When his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh. So that all that hear will laugh with me. Woo! <laughs> Come on, stand up. And so the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so as you count it all joy, when you fall into different temptations, tests and trials, and as you just laugh in the face of impossibility, and you keep rejoicing and keep operating in faith and patience, your promised child will come. And there'll be a laughter of joy. And people around you will laugh with you. They will rejoice with those that rejoice. Come on, somebody. Let's do a little rejoicing right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isaac's coming. Isaac's coming. Isaac's coming. Breakthrough's coming. Manifestation's coming. Isaac is coming. Debt freedom is coming. Divine health is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Rejoice now. Rejoice ahead of time. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Little boy was hurting in his body and the daddy prayed for the little boy and he said, Thank you, Lord, for the manifestation. Little boy, about an hour or two later, said, Dad, when's the man from the station coming? <laughs> well, I got good news you. The man from the station is coming. Manifestation time is here. Breakthrough time is here. Hallelujah. And I have discovered this. If you will rejoice ahead of time, it'll cause Jericho's walls to fall. And when you get your breakthrough... Hallelujah. You'll already be used to rejoicing. You'll go into overjoy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. 